Welcome to Successful Parenting, where we, Jackie Rue and Robin Choquette, share practical skills for families to build resilience and healthy connections. As practicing professionals and parents ourselves, we hope this podcast is a resource for parents to grow, reflect, and learn more about themselves and their children. Our approach is simple, tangible, and most importantly, we lead with compassion for the integrity of the families we serve. This podcast should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for informational purposes only. We love our work and we can't wait to watch families gain confidence and open themselves up to new ways of successful parenting. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Robin. How are you doing? Good. I, yeah, I think kind of, you know, it's one of those days, right? Um, I didn't sleep as well as I normally do. And that was something in 2023 that I was very proud of. I really worked on sleep hygiene and I always had good sleep, but I found as I aged, it wasn't as great consistently. And so I had done a lot of work on just sleep hygiene and, and some things and Last night, I just was awake. I think I had some things on my mind, and I just couldn't turn them off. So I did get some sleep, but I'm sure today is going to be a little sluggish. (laughs) I mean, I think this time of year, it's hard, right? Because it gets so dark so early, and it stays so dark in the morning. So I think that can throw things off too, just not waking up with as much energy, because a lot of times when I wake up, it's dark. So I think definitely different sleep patterns in the winter too. Yes, absolutely. So true. So true. I'm excited for today. Yes. You know, we have a lot of great experts in 2024 and and I'm so glad we're leading off with the ones we've chosen. And today, just having a conversation with Dan Blair and Robin, I don't know how much you know his work, but he's been really well known in our area of the Chicagoland area for years and years. I had heard about him and his work probably 20 years ago. Wow. Had the opportunity to see different presentations he's done to parents and clinicians just on anger management and building relationships with families. And I know a lot of folks refer to him as the expert in marriage and family therapy, as well as working with families on coming together, but also working with families that are dealing with divorce and different conflict situations. So he understands that not every family is going to look the same and every family is going to go through different trials. Part of his work is helping families, no matter what their situation is, connect, come together, or at least work together in favor of the children. So really excited for his perspective today. Yeah, Conflict resolution and arguments and divorce and those topics are really not easy ones to talk about with children. And often I think we try to avoid conflict, but what Dan is going to talk about today is just the importance of, you know, having some conflict in our lives. Yeah, kind of shifting. It was like change the narrative. We've talked a lot about with anxiety that it's healthy and it's okay in conflict. It sounds like Dan really works on having people to kind of change that narrative in their minds and thoughts about conflict. I'm excited. Yes. Welcome, Dan. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Dan, I know you've been working with families for many years and you have quite a big family, as I know you're going to talk about. What has brought you to this work, just really wanting to work with families, support them on boundaries and communication and conflict. What has led you to this path? Yeah, I thought about that question. And then I did the math and I realized (laughs) that I have had children in the home, in my home, with me playing a parenting role for the last 32 years. I still have two kids left in my home, but 
again, doing my math, some of the older kids I was blessed to play a parent role with are now about 50 years old. Wow. I was 24 when I moved in to parent nine kids at a time. So for a long time, I was a house parent, a foster parent. Eventually, I became a biological parent. And now I'm also a step parent. Wow. <laughs> so when I initially got into this work to help kids, I realized how important families are. And over time, I realized how important marriage is. And then I realized that if you're facing a divorce, how important it is to divorce well. I like that, divorce well. Well, and that's not easy to do. I, I know no. I work with a lot of couples right now that are going through the court process of divorce. And it really is a challenge when you're dealing with divorce to be able to work effectively with the co-parent and not just work out of anger or frustration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You talk about conflict being important. Do you feel that conflict is something parents or families should avoid, or do you encourage families to embrace conflict? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, developmentally, kids need conflict to become independent, and we also need conflict to get our needs met. So it's inevitable. So it's just a matter if it's positive or negative. We can be aggressive about it or even passive. Usually the more anger in the conflict, the more destructive it can be. Not that anger is a bad feeling. Um, what's sad is when over time people give up on conflict by giving up on the relationship. Yeah. So when you say giving up on conflict, do you mean um, not trying different ways to maybe manage the conflict, not find different ways to see the other person's perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Instead of trying to make the relationship work because of fears, people hold back and even put up a wall of resentment one brick at a time, or they just, they want to punish their parent or punish their child. And so they hold back on purpose to do so. Yeah. Talking to two different sets of parents. And one thing we were talking about is each parent is so angry at the other parent that it just shows in their body language and how they look at each other and even how they talk about each other in front of their children. And we talked about kind of what that does to the children to see their parents interact in that way. And it does become really difficult. You know, when we talk about conflict being an essential component that children need to learn how to manage, is that something, conflict resolution, is that a skill that you can teach children? Absolutely. I think it's an essential skill and there's effective ways to handle it in harmful ways. Now, as you know, kids watch us more than they listen to us. So we <laughs> want to be able to model that. Yes, that is so true. I've got adult children, Jackie does, and they will definitely do what we've done over the years. Think about as things change, has it changed for you in the views on helping parents and teaching their children about conflict? Has it evolved? What have you noticed? Absolutely. As a parent, let's just say I'm a slow learner. <laughs> now, I've always been educated on parenting, but it's been challenging. But I got better as a parent as time went on. But I'm still I'm sure that I have a lot to learn. <laughs> I had to learn that conflict is easier to manage when I'm calm, and it's difficult or even impossible to manage when I'm upset. So a lot of it about what I had to learn is self-regulation. Um, now I have failed at this, but I don't want to try and correct my kids or teach them something when I'm upset. That came about over time because I really tried hard to get kids to do what I wanted them to do. And it often ended up in a power struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. I think the second thing I had to learn was that 
you know, I thought my words were so convincing that all I had to do is reason with my kids to calm them down or correct them. And I guess I'm either really bad at that <laughs> or reasoning with the kids is insufficient to calm them down or correct them. And so after a while, I turned to in-home policies in which privileges were predicated on completing responsibilities. I no longer wanted to argue with my kids. That was my goal. Even though I failed at it, that still remained my goal. So I would focus on a few important responsibilities or skills I wanted to reinforce and then set up an if-then scenario. If they completed their responsibilities, they could earn a set privilege. And I would try to get their input on both these responsibilities, skills, and privileges to incorporate. And this would have to be tweaked with each kid over time and be age appropriate. Okay. Now, since I often got into power struggles with my kids, I decided I did not want to try to reason, well, reasoning, otherwise known as argue with them. And I chose to focus on winning the battle for structure and letting the kids win the battle for initiative. In other words, they had the option now of whether or not to complete a responsibility or practice a skill. But if they didn't, they didn't earn their privilege for that day. So this freed me up to, instead of battling with them, I would actually focus more on empathizing with them. Uh -huh. I had my structure in place with the rules and consequences. So all I had to do is, you know, empathize with them and connect with them instead of just trying to correct them. I like that. I like just keeping firm because this is where mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents struggle, right? Because if I set the structure, my child's going to be mad at me or they're going to be unhappy or it's going to be hard for me to watch them struggle. But I like how you said stand firm in the limits because that's really what provides safety for children, but empathize mm -hmm. with how they feel on dealing with the limit and really be there to support them. But don't waver because I think so often as parents give in and say, well, we excuse their behavior, but really staying consistent is really helping the children. Yeah. Dan, you were talking about, okay, we don't want to argue with the kids. How about for the parents? What do you think about parents arguing in front of their kids? And are there any tips that you would share with parents on way to manage that conflict with the other parent or with their other children? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, that's going to happen. And we're going to argue in front of our kids and I guess my biggest regrets personally are when I've done that, when I'm angry. Anger is okay, the feeling, but being aggressive in my verbal choices, <laughs> I fully regret. And that's when I have to role model how to apologize both to my spouse and my kids. But as I think about it, as long as I can stay calm, I can manage conflict pretty well. So if I can, you know, role model anger management, I think I feel like I've won. Parents don't always have to agree, but it's good to find a way to back each other up. Mm -hmm. But managing anger is probably the most important skill, along with emotional regulation that we can teach our kids, in my opinion. I agree. And that's a hard one, right? Especially, yeah. I know parents will say to me, well, if I stay calm, you know, the child gets away with whatever they did wrong. And we talk mm. about yelling. Is that really effective in helping kids correct behaviors? Really, it's not. But I think as parents, we feel like staying calm is not powerful enough. It's not going to hit home that the child needs to do something different. And I think that's, as we've talked about, a misconception, right? Staying calm is teaching them kind of how to tolerate emotions and how to regulate as we co-regulate with them. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of calls from parents concerned too about the level of conflict or how their children argue with one another. A lot of parents will say, my kids fight all the time or they're hitting each other or they're saying abusive things to each other. When do we intervene? When do we just let it go? Um, yeah, I know that sometimes you have to pick your battles but I do believe we need to intervene when it comes to verbal and physical aggression. 
I know the conflict arises because, well, anxiety is triggered and then we go for control. Everybody's vying for control to manage these really difficult or overwhelming feelings. Mm -hmm. And we ramp up our efforts at control at signs of resistance, which is like pouring fuel on a fire. And often, to be honest, we're intervening when it's too late. One person is already in that fight or flight mode. And if one person is in that mode, then it's very contagious. Everybody gets in that mode. Right. So the first step to me, again, would be calming myself down before I could calm the other person, like putting your own oxygen mask on before you try to get the other person to use an oxygen mask. However, of course, physical aggression needs to be stopped by physically separating each person. Families should develop disengagement policies that could be practiced like fire drills. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The sooner you catch it, the better, obviously, because there's a point of no return. Yeah, these disengagement policies, I like that. And we agree and create it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when we get kids to buy into that and be a part of the creation, you see that they're more likely to, because they feel like they've been heard, they feel like their voice is there in it. Well, what would be some good conflict resolution skills that you teach parents and children and ways to manage? when they're in conflict. Yeah, and I think this brings up a good point. The re-engagement skills is probably just as important or yeah, just as important as the disengagement policies. So when we re-engage, we have to make sure we, well, I use the analogy of drinking and driving. We have to make sure we are not under the influence when we drive. So before we resolve conflict, we should also make sure we are not under the influence of adrenaline. (laughs) So no adrenaline drunks. (laughs) <laughs> uh, when when it comes to re-engaging with another person. So some of the skills we need to learn include, as you guys well know, mindfulness, being present in the here and now, grounding exercises, you know, other techniques for self-soothing, calming the body and emotional regulation, deep, slow breathing, recognizing limiting and inflexible beliefs and positive statements about self. So those are some of the skills we can teach and they're essential that we apply it to ourselves first. So how do we know when we're ready to re-engage? Well, usually we can maintain a sense of humor. We can engage in a creative process. We can integrate multiple points of view. We can remain calm and think clearly. So we know we can think clearly when we can explain each person's side of the conflict accurately. Then instead of trying to convince the other person to change, we focus more on the future. We can always argue about the past, but focusing more on the future options or future solutions is more productive and a better use of the energy it takes to resolve these issues. Now, if there's no agreements to be made between the parent and child, Parents still have to rely on their own rules and consequences. How about for children that's having a lot of conflict with peers? Mm -hmm. When should parents intervene? What's your recommendation? Um, I think parents are primarily responsible for teaching their kids the emotional regulation skills and anger management. And when it comes to kids at school, sometimes there's social workers and peer mediation programs that can be used. But I really think it begins in the home. And then that's transferred to the school. One thing, too, you made me really think about how powerful it is just to keep calm, whoever you are, whether Mm -hmm. you're the parent or even sometimes a teacher in the situation. I do think we model how to manage our own anger with our children. 
I have a lot of families I work with too, where one parent will lose their temper a lot and the other parent will feel like they can't have any conflict with their children or they have to protect their other children because they'll say like the other parent is such a hothead. Mm. So one parent might be a screamer. The other parent is very passive and struggles setting limits because maybe feels like there has to be interference for the other parent that is more, you know, loud or outspoken or maybe even really loses it on the children. Is this something you address with the children? So if one parent is losing their control, do we automatically just expect that our children are going to behave that way too? Yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah. It's a very difficult situation when not everybody wants to work on their anger, especially the authority figures. I know there's calming techniques that you can use to respond, to absorb people's tension. But the problem is you may have to be calmer before you can use them, these calming techniques. Um, But what I would hate to do is put the responsibility on a child to calm a parent. And in those situations, I know that the other parent can be a calming resource, but they often antagonize it. It's challenging to know how to step into a situation without undermining the other parent. And sometimes children need to comply with authority figures, even if the authority figures are out of line. Ignoring negative behavior like that can be a tough pill to swallow. But if one parent is excessively angry... To me, that's an issue between the parents that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a hard one sometimes. It really is. Those individuals that really struggle with anger management, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times they grew up in homes where there was a parent that really screamed and yelled and there's years and years of that. Sometimes it's a trauma response. Sometimes it can be related to substance abuse or things like that. And sometimes... It's just people aren't dealing effectively with their own mental health issues in some families that that is the reality and it's not always going to change. Yeah, those are the toughest. So Dan, when would you say for parents to be concerned about their child's management of their anger? And parents have said that every time I say no, then they just rage and they get Mm. so angry. How should parents handle that? Any advice? Yeah, I think we should always be concerned about the management of our own anger and the anger of our children. Uh, Knowing their triggers and planning ahead is key. I mean, I guess in that case of a child raging every time they are told no, how exhausting would that be? Yeah. And that is not typical. Somehow their raging works for them and we would have to take a look at possible causes. And this is where counseling and treatment centers can really help. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate, Dan, you taking the time out of your day and coming Mm -hmm. and talking to us. It's been a pleasure. And this is a topic that a lot of parents ask for and ask Mm -hmm. about and feel a lot of uncertainty. So we really appreciate it. Oh, I'm happy to. Yeah. And I like how you just really have talked about learning and just continuing to evolve. And I think that's one thing I try to hit home to parents is you're not expected to be a great parent or a perfect parent. It's a Mm -hmm. process that you're always trying to improve with your child. And because every child's different, every child might need a different approach in a way. And so it's as we continue to learn and do things differently. I mean, I'm just learning things now and my children are 24 and 25. It really is promising that we can continue to evolve and learn and grow with our children. It's not about being hard on ourselves, but it's really about just learning different and continuing to improve with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So true. So true. Dan, we are ready for our three questions. Okay. Let me read those and then you can make your decision. These are three questions that we ask every guest. You may choose to answer one, two, or all three. It's really up to you. Number one, what did you do as a child or teenager that would drive your parents crazy? 
Number two, what is the biggest difference between children and teenagers today and when you grew up? And then number three, what does successful parenting mean to you? Okay. Take it away, Dan. One, two, or all three, whatever you want to do. I'll be happy to answer all three. Okay. The first one, I believe I was fairly argumentative with my parents. I remember losing my temper. I remember saying, I hate you, (laughs) which of course I'm not happy about thinking about nowadays. But when I asked my parents this question, because I did, they're both still alive. They told me that missing curfew was the biggest thing that drove them crazy. And I told them I didn't even realize I had a curfew. (laughs) But I probably just don't remember or block that out. That may be the problem why you kept missing it. (laughs) Yeah, right. It could be lack of communication or convenient uh, forgetfulness. Yeah. The biggest difference I see between kids today and when I grew up to me is social media. I think social media competes and is even more influential than parents. Uh, I think kids are more entitled and emboldened by what they see as consumers of social media. And there's also seems to be more diverse parenting styles, different kinds of a helicopter parent, a snowplow parent, and all these different ways to parent. And this is depicted in social media and in the media in general. And some of these are good and some of these are bad. You know, a generation ago, there was a chance your kids' friends' parents were just like how you parented. But now we see all kinds of parenting. Kids seem to be emboldened by what they see on social media, and it creates more conflict. Finally, what does successful parenting mean to me? To me, it's a trusting relationship with my child. My child feels safe and connected, and my child is free to be different than me. like it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. This was great. I like your perspective. I know you do a lot of really great work for families, and I'm continuing to learn from you and take a lot of these tips because, like I said, I think in the last couple of years, I've had more and more families that are really dealing with heavy, heavy conflict, and I'm seeing the children really struggle as a result. Behaviors can be a symptom of something larger going on with the family, and oftentimes it really does go back to intense conflict within the home that children are really grappling with. And oftentimes we see that translate into their own behaviors or ability to deal Mm -hmm. with inner conflict and conflict with others. So I really appreciate this conversation. It is a difficult one to have, but so often as a parent or as a family, we feel shame when there's a lot of conflict. And I think really recognizing that all families deal with conflict at different levels and conflict is not something that most of us are good at dealing with. It takes practice being able to face difficult situations without or with fear. So I second what Robin said, and I really, really appreciate you being here today. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you listeners for joining us. And we hope you have a great day. Bye, Jackie. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And make sure to subscribe and like us to catch our next episode, where we will take you on a journey to find new ways of successful parenting.